Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo. Welcome to week 180 and video episode number 6 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I pick music from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, and I discuss how it has influenced my work. Uh, Before we get to this week's pick, which you may already know what that is, uh, we got to pay the bills, as they say or as I'm saying right now. Um, as many of you know, uh, my partner Catherine and I have a t-shirt company known as Snurk Shirts by Feek, and we are selling t-shirts uh, at our website, snurkshirtsbyfeek.com. Uh, this is one of five that we have. It says, I'm into your feng shui, which I think is appropriate for this week. Uh, we are offering discounts for the holiday season, if you sign up for free to our newsletter uh, or just message me, I could give you the discount, but we would absolutely love it if you bought this as a gift for yourself or a family member. Uh, this character on the shirt, Feek, right here, who shouts all of the phrases called Snurks, I actually created when I was a kid back in the 80s, uh, which is kind of appropriate for this week's music selection which is an album that was released in 1984, and I'm going to do an impromptu run back here because I left it back here. Uh, And that album, if you haven't already guessed, is Run DMC's debut album, also called Run DMC. Uh, There are albums in everyone's life that change your world. Once you hear that album or a song from that album, nothing is ever the same again. I can list bands like uh, The Beatles, Prince, The Cure, U2, even bands like The Violent Femmes, uh, and geez, go on and on, uh, I don't know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and up through the years, and certainly back before those years, uh, Vince Guaraldi, since it's the holiday season, and those of you who know Charlie Brown music, uh, all of these are albums that in some way changed my life, or changed the way I think about music, changed my world, essentially. And this album right here is absolutely 100% one of them. Uh, I actually had three copies of this album. Anyone who was from that era uh, and or was a DJ might know why. Um, But I won't make you guess, I'll tell you. And that is uh, this. So um, I was a DJ for a long time. I did a lot of uh, solo gigs, but mostly I DJ with a good friend of mine, Mike Smith. 
And um, if anyone who's DJed way back before streaming knows that you had to carry crates of music. You had to have your two turntables and a microphone, although we had two microphones. Uh, you had to have at least one cassette player. We had two later on. And if you had enough money back then, you could have a CD player. Doubtful you could uh, you know, afford two of them. And then you needed your mixer, all your cables, your speakers, at the table, etc. Um, you needed a van, essentially, uh, preferably one without windows so no one would steal your stuff. Or, like we did, we just maybe, you know, packed it in the car as best we could or took a couple of trips. Uh, anyway, we like to perform at our DJ uh, sets for whether we were at a party or doing a dance for school and things like that. And two of the go-to bands that we would perform... Uh, covers of were the Beastie Boys and, as you just heard, Run DMC uh, announced themselves. And uh, so, you know, there's a reason why we needed three copies of this album. We needed the original copy, which, you know, you're hearing right now, the main copy that you, you know, kept in pristine condition for people who wanted to hear the entire track and for, you know, purposes of mixing. You needed a second copy to really do the mixing so that you could cut and scratch between the two. Uh, I don't have that copy anymore because my scratching skills were such that I literally scratched the vinyl on the record and ruined it um, song by song. So, you know, I wasn't winning any DJ awards. Um, uh, and then the third copy is uh, something you didn't necessarily need, but if you wanted to do either a certain kind of mixing or performing, you absolutely needed it. Uh, it's the kind of thing you find for free on YouTube these days, but it's something that we had to go to, you know, special vinyl stores for DJs to get. Uh, Chestnut Street in Philly had a lot of them. And that is the instrumental version, which were, I think, often more, more often sold uh, as 12-inch, uh, as the flip side of a 12-inch of the single. Uh, so that was the other copy of this that I had, so that we could memorize the lyrics and perform them at our, at our DJing gigs. Um, and I'm checking my notes now. Uh, and so that was something that we did. It influenced us to the point where we wrote our own raps. I had written raps, I think, even before this album came out. But really, when this album came out, which was 84, same year-ish around when the song Jam On It came out, which was a huge thing for me and a couple of other things that were released at the time, it really kind of kicked off my desire to want to uh, learn how to beatbox like the Fat Boys or learn how to write lyrics and rap like any of those bands. Um, Curtis Blow was another big one at the time. Uh, Planet Rock from a couple years before that. Apache from a couple years before Planet Rock. Uh, a lot of seminal um, uh, hip hop, or, or as as the mainstream white dudes knew it back then, uh, uh, up until at least the late 80s or 90s, rap uh, were you know went in and out of, of my head and really um, you know took hold when Run DMC was released. Uh, when this album was released, my neighborhood went crazy. Uh, 
everybody listened to it, everybody loved it. There was uh, the dude, as I'm sure many friend cohorts had at the time and still have, I have discovered, uh, who was amazing at popping and locking and breakdancing and could do all of that, like performance and spectacle aspect of it, which is incredible. And then there were the dudes who could memorize every lyric and recite it. Uh, with or without a beat behind it, whether you had to create your own beat or do it a cappella or do it with the instrumental track. And that was, uh, that was my brother, my friend Mike Smith, and me. So when uh, Mike and I were on our own, we do run DMC. When my brother and I were on our own, we would do run DMC. I believe I was run and he was DMC. Uh, in both cases, I think I was run. When all three of us were together, we'd do the Beastie Boys because, of course, we would do the Beastie Boys. Um, and I think I was at Rock. I don't remember. All right. But, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the immersion in hip-hop was there throughout and the influence on me started very early uh, like I said I wrote rap songs even before this album came out um, and called them rap songs actually and uh, and then uh, but I didn't really record anything uh, un until a little later I think the earliest evidence of something that I wrote uh, that was recorded was the song that I shared just this past Saturday that features Mike Smith uh, talking there at the beginning and doing the beatbox behind me as I do the, you know, rapping of the lyrics that I wrote, uh, which was, you know, informally called I Wear Nikes, Michael Wears Vans. And yes, I did actually wear Nikes and he actually did wear Vans and neither of us wore Adidas uh, at the time. You know, you have to be true to yourself. So uh, that was the earliest recording, I think, and unless I can find another one. Um, but it continued on. My first professional studio demo, the last song on that was a song called Voices in My Head. And back in 1992, had a rap on it that I, that I wrote, along with, uh, you know, vocals, melodies, and all the other stuff. Uh, I uh, wrote a rap section for a song, uh, the band that I was in, Ape Cafe, a song called Mice. And that was kind of a like a proto rap rock song. Uh, this was before I think way like before Limp Bizkit and certainly before Linkin Park. Uh, I think it's like 1995. And then the influence of rap and hip hop uh, production carried through from the late 90s into the early O's. Uh, and some of the stuff that I did, I did a little bit of it on uh, my, you know, 2007 release, Parts and Labor. I revisited it as a genre for um, the film company I was in for a while. And in fact, one of the uh, theme songs to one of the pro projects we did was a hip hop song that my good friend uh, Daniel and I uh, did together. Uh, and there's a video of it out there on YouTube, and it's on my page if you go to my YouTube page. And then uh, more recently, uh, in the last couple of years, I decided to revisit the genre again for myself. And one of those songs is in uh, the text below. It's the link to the song, The Power of Repetition Everlasting, which is uh, going to be on one of my upcoming EPs. I'll be releasing five EPs next year. Uh, and this song, that song will be on one of them. As always, uh, I urge you to 
read the text below. It's an abridged version. Uh, especially click the links, click on the Run DMC link, learn more about them, learn more about this album. It's, uh, if you haven't heard it, listen to it and understand why it's so important. Uh, absolutely, please and thank you. Click on the link to my song, listen to it, share it, post it, repost it, uh, comment on it. Let me know what you, what you think of it. Comment on everything that I've written here. Uh, let me know if you have any favorites from this album. My favorites, although I think the whole album is a favorite, are probably Sucker MCs and It's Like That, if I had to pick two. Um, I also once did an acoustic version of their song, Wake Up. Uh, I put a melody to it and did it on acoustic guitar with a good friend of mine uh, you know, back a few years ago. Uh, but really, those two are probably my top favorites. Do you have favorites? Do you know it at all? Do you know Run DMC at all? Do you like Run DMC at all? Do you have another hip-hop band that you prefer over Run DMC, either old school or new or, or in the 90s? Do you not like hip-hop at all? Do you like music that has been influenced by hip-hop? Do you like a completely different kind of music? Any comment is welcome because, as always, my goal here, other than to share music, is to foster conversation and connection. Uh, so that's it for this week's The Thursday Throwback Track. Thanks again for watching and listening, and I will see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.